It's time to mind your business with Jamila Lodge and Shelly Thunder, brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda Business starts here. Yes, it sure does. Uh, today and every Thursday at 4 o'clock, it's time to mind your business. Jamila's here. Hey, Jamila. Hey, hi, everybody. Getting all sorted out, had the quarantine thing down, and know, uh, when you have kids, That's you're always happens. getting isolated. <laughs> <laughs> but we're glad you got that sorted and that Thank your family's you. good here. And um, I'd uh, like to introduce our guest, uh, Noel Pierman, Senior Vice President, Cyber Product Line Leader, AXA XL. There's a whole lot of title there for you, Noel, and a whole lot to talk. <laughs> about welcome to the program uh good afternoon folks good afternoon ladies uh, it's a pleasure to be with you yes i'm so excited to have you on the show um and just to let people know noel is one of the upcoming facilitators of a, a, a webinar that we're hosting in a series that we've partnered with the Economic Development Department to deliver. And so we started this series last year, and it continues on. And so today, we're going to be talking about assessing privacy and security risk for your business. Um, but before we do that, no, can you just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do for AXA XL. Sure. Uh, name, Mill Pierman. Um, my, my day job at AXXL, I run the cyber liability insurance practice. So uh, we're in the business of selling uh, insurance and providing cyber liability solutions for a large, for, for large sort of Fortune 500 type businesses. So um, I and my team I run that, run that um, initiative at AXXL. Um, but I got involved in this because of my participation on the government cybersecurity board, um, which is, of course, a group of volunteers and government people who have worked to develop a cybersecurity strategy for Bermuda's, especially its most critical assets in particular, but for the country in general. Okay. Um, so what you said, your title and your role is, it sounds very intimidating. <laughs> Um, so for, for our listeners and our stakeholders are mostly small businesses, small to medium sized businesses, I would say. And so this whole series has been about kind of assessing risk and cyber and all of that. And sometimes it can be a little daunting for some. Um, but I was wondering if you can just help us to understand what you mean when you say assessing, um, your privacy and security risks. Sure. Um, well, let me go through our through our session next week. We're going to be talking a bit about what some of the risks are on both both the privacy side and on the security side, and figure out how to assess them for your businesses. And then consider some mitigation options you might have, and one of those options would include insurance. Okay. And you know, possibly um, also discussing how to respond in case you know the worst happens you have an incident at your business. But businesses have to manage for risks of all kinds. We talk about, you know, what we mean by assessing them. Mm -hmm. um, let's say the three of us uh, were to start work fried chicken, and we had 29 herbs and spices and a special, and a special, uh, special recipe for the business that we run. Yeah. Um, immediately, there are tons of risks to our businesses, business that we need to consider. Um, if we run out of chicken, that's a huge risk to our business. Right. So we have to figure out how we run this and not have chicken that sits there too long and not run out of chicken at the same time. Um, if we have two cockroaches that show up in the dining area, okay, um, they're going to end up on Madge's list, and that's going to be real tough for our business. So, so the risks that you think of as a business owner are varied and wide. And when it comes to security, it, it, it's, it's the same process that we go through. How do we, 
totally unsure that um, from a security and, and a privacy perspective, what are the things that either risk our reputation or risk our ability to um, have a good um, standing with the government, or with, the, with, the, with the legal authorities, mm -hmm. and also um, what's going to help us to be most successful with our customers and keep ourselves running. So those are the types of things that we're going to be thinking about. That's interesting that you say that because, you know, naturally, when, especially the flyer and the promotions we've done for the seminar, we're, it's all around cyber and all of that. But then in your example, um, talking about our chicken place that we own and, the, and these roaches that could potentially put our entire business at risk, um, that analogy, I think, brings it home and, mm -hmm. and you don't really consider that or I, I I wouldn't typically consider it when we're talking about cyber risk and things of that nature. Social media risk. Yeah, yeah, but it is. <laughs> it that's, is. that's a huge risk because, yep. you know, we, we have businesses that say every day that Maj's List is responsible for closing their business. But then the question is, is it really? Did they do the assessment, right, of the risk and then put some mitigating um, strategies in place? So should they get some sort of negative review, what what that looks like? Um, so I want to ask you a little bit more about the mitigation strategy. So in our example and in general, what are some of the things that businesses should be considering to to try and mitigate risks like that? Right. So, I mean, the, the example was to just, so that, yes, you know, there are yes. very types of risk. But, but I, I will hone in a bit more on like the kind of cyber risk, okay. privacy risk that companies have. Uh, from a cyber perspective, um, every business that is running these days is a necessarily heavily reliant on technology, whether it be how we manage our customer system, um, how we interact with our customers, how, we, how, we, how our employees get their jobs done. So one of the most basic risks is what happens if our systems go down. Mm -hmm. um, that can happen um, naturally by mismanagement of your system, or it could also happen with the uh, intrusion of a third party who's looking to hack your business and to take your business down. Um, small businesses tend to think that um, because they aren't sort of front page of the Wall Street Journal type companies, that they aren't on the radar of some of the nefarious actors. Mm. But you know, these nefarious actors, before they start attacking J.P. Morgan and Bank of America, they start small. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, um, smaller companies, uh, it's just a game of, you know, effort versus reward. And some thieves are happy to spend the time, resources, and energy to, to take down a huge and a complex organization. Mm. But some thieves are happily, uh, oh, and they will do that in, in hopes of a, a big a large, payout, right? One-time payout. Right? Mm -hmm. But of course, you have others that are completely happy to just take a hundred dollars from a thousand companies rather than take two million dollars from one company. Right, exactly. Right. We right. know the Red Cross so, has just been hacked over there in Switzerland. Like, if a huge international corporation like that can do all of the, uh, you know, due diligence and stuff to have, you know, the systems in place to protect um, people's information. It, it's it's like, uh, what bodes for the for the small companies, Noel, to um, to have some peace of mind? Yeah, I mean, it's good. And, and, and some of the good news in this topic are that if you do most of the basics, you eliminate the majority of the risk, right? And, you know, yeah. if you talk mm -hmm. to people who steal from homes, yeah. a lot of times they're just trying front doors. And whoever's locked their front door, Mm -hmm. They can sit there and pick it, but they'd rather move on to the next one. Yeah, right? my my brother owns a security thing. company and said the same thing. He's installed so many cameras at places to stop people's vehicles from getting stolen. And yet the camera, you know, after they've spent all this money, they don't lock the bike. 
And, and again, opportunistic thieves are coming right. by. And yes, you see them on the camera in their, but your bike is still in their black rain suit, in their black full face helmet. And you don't know who mm -hmm. took your bike, but someone took your bike because you didn't do the first smaller thing. You spent all that money on the big thing thinking that was the be all and end all. Yes, you have to be basic. And that's a perfect example. Um, and you know what? That example is pretty analogous to what happens, happens in the cyber realm as well. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the attacks are very opportunistic. They basically just shoot out um, feelers that will see where the vulnerable places are. A whole bunch of phishing emails mm -hmm. or something and see yeah, who bites. Like mm -hmm. yeah, they see who bites, right? Mm -hmm. um, so some of, the, some of the basic blocking and tackling is going to help you get 90% of the way there. Mm. Um, and then in order to become um, closer to excellence, there's a bit more effort you got to put in to sort of close that, that, that last 10%. But that's going to be important work as well. And will you be talking a little bit more about what that effort looks like in the webinar next week? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. perfect. Especially with the, with the small business lens because, um, you know, small businesses are run by passionate people who have an expertise in an area, right? That's kind of the reason why, you know, the restaurant business is so hard because restaurants are started by folks who are passionate about cooking, but they have to be a savvy business person as well. Sometimes they're more passionate about cooking than the business part. Right. Um, and most of the people that start small business are passionate about what they're doing, but not passionate about things like cybersecurity. So what business owners have to do is figure out, well, who can I enlist to help me with this? What mm -hmm. do I need to know? And what can I ensure that I have people around me to know um, so that we, we keep this thing secure? And, you know, you, you bring a good point. We are always talking about you don't have to know everything, right? You're good at what you do, but recognize what you don't know. And then there are professionals like yourself and others who can assist with those pieces that you're not um, that great at or well versed at. And, and you rely on them, rely on those resources so that you do exactly what you said, which is close the gap and um, mitigate any potential attacks or threats that you can have. Now, you, the, the webinar is assessing privacy and security risk. Is there a difference between a privacy risk and a security risk, or are they one and the same? That's a great question. Um, they are not one and the same, but they are definitely linked. Um, so we can think of cybersecurity as a focus on the organization. So that is it's people, processes, and technology that help to protect systems and data from unauthorized access and unauthorized use or misuse. So security makes sure that, you know, everything that's inside your system is confidential. It makes sure it stays true, right, because what some attackers do is get into your system and just, just mess around in there, mm -hmm. just, just ruin your records. Um, and also make sure that your, your systems are available. So confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Privacy is a different focus because it focuses on the rights of individuals. So privacy, then, is the management of information that relates to an individual. And that individual could be either a customer or it could be an employee. Um, but if you hold that data about their cu those customers, that identifies those customers, or sometimes reveals things about them that they told you, but they don't want anybody else to know, right? Um, you are going to need a good cybersecurity um, program in order to keep that stuff private. So that's, that's the way in which they're different, but also the way in which they're inextricably linked. So one of the things I think that I've recently encountered is a lot of times, like you said, we're telling people don't you don't have to know everything, but know what you don't know. And then you hire third parties to assist you with those things that you don't know. But when it comes to security and privacy risk, how do you I don't know 
truth test. Is that the word or or ensure that whoever this third party vendor is that you're hiring has the the correct kind of safety protocols in place to protect your client's data and information? How do you do that? Like, what is there a process that one should go through? That's a great question, um, because in terms of business opportunities, there have been plenty of people who jumped into the cyberspace because, you know, there was a need. Yeah. And, you know, had, the, had the expertise. Um, but and if you do even a little bit of research, it's pretty easy to, to tell the ones who are established, who know what they're doing, who have the good contracts with other companies, and can represent the, the quality of the service they can provide to you. Um be careful, you know, because small businesses oftentimes run on smaller budgets, which means that sometimes the cheaper option feels initially like the best one for you. Right. But, you know, uh, it's best to go with someone who's reputable who really understands what they're doing. And, okay. Um, yeah, that's how we, how we best mitigate that risk. Okay. Um, so in terms of I'm hiring this this third-party build to vendor to build my website, for example, Mm-hmm. Um, and they're telling me, yes, we have all our security and privacy protocols up to date. I can ensure that this thing is going to be safe. Um, but then come to find out it isn't. Um, who's on the hook for that? Is, is the vendor on the hook or is it me as the person that hired the vendor that's on the hook? Great question. Um, you are always, as a business owner, you are always on the hook. If I hand my information and my data to you, regardless of what you do with it after that, if you hand it to a third party, you ask somebody else to help you, if something happens to that data, it is always your fault and always your responsibility. So, so, so the beautiful part, though, is that with a little bit of research, um, you can, you can, you can be, you, you'll be able to evaluate the answers that someone gives you. So there has to be some skilling up, right? We don't have to become experts in how to do it ourselves. Okay. But we have to be able to tell a good answer from a bad one, right? Um, I have a, one of my favorite comedians talks about um, this. Uh, he jokes about like people who, who come back, who do science on things like what the whales are saying. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, he talks about this guy who would go out for months and months and um, listen to the whales and come back with this sick report and say, this is what the whales are saying, right? Mm-hmm. That is, you know, no one can get that report and do anything to assess or decide whether he's lying or not. You just don't have the skills right. to see whether he's telling you a bold-faced lie. Um, but in the cybersecurity space, again, while we don't have to become experts, you do have to learn enough to know what's a good answer or a bad answer to the question that I'm asking, and then to be able to sift through a good provider and a bad one. Okay. And you're going to tell us how to do that, right? <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> Look, that's what I'm hoping because I'm sure others like me are like, what? How? Like, where's the cheat sheet that comes along with Mm. being able to do that? Is there such a thing? Mm -hmm. It's funny you mentioned cheat sheets because, you know, finding checklists and, and, you know, from providers like you talk to the people at the the Privacy Commission um, and they'll they'll be able to help provide you with the types of questions you need to ask and the types of things you need to look for. So there there are resources like that that are available for small business owners and medium business owners. Um, and it's also critical to get this stuff done on the ground floor because, you know, everyone who's running a small business, well, for the most part, they're hoping that it eventually becomes a medium-sized business and maybe becomes a large business. That's right. Uh-huh. And as you mature into um, a, a bigger and a broader company, you're going to expand your reach in terms of customers, expand your reach in terms of the amount of providers that are working for you and assisting you to do the business that you run. Um, you don't want to have to 
at some point in your further growth, rebuild all your systems and rebuild your whole approach because you haven't thought about privacy and security from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh Okay. So so best to get in from the beginning, develop a mindset as to how you want to scale your business and how you want to keep these issues at the forefront. And then as you grow, you know how to do so in a way that maintains your ability to manage those risks that they will. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is good advice. It's really, <laughs> really, really interesting. And, and you mentioned, like, who's on the hook, Jamila, yeah. for, for if there's, you know, two and three people involved mm-hmm. in any sort of uh, privacy and keeping information private issue. Are there, you know, products, liability products that you should invest in if you're, if you, you know, there is such sensitive information mm-hmm. as far as, you know, we don't live in a really litigious society here, but if anything, mm-hmm. you know, happening on an international level, yeah, you got to, you know, that's where insurance of some sort, I would think, comes in. Well, I mean, I sell insurance all day. You I do? Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's what you do? <laughs> I'm, I'm also oh, yeah. like a consumer, right? So sure. I, I um, the, the thing about individuals, right, we are, we are generally terrible at evaluating risk. Sure. That's why we have um, actuaries, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We suffer from, so we have to do some research. We suffer sure. from optimistic bias. We tend to think our own risk is less than everybody else's. Mm-hmm. We have a full sense of control. We believe that we have control over things that we don't at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have confirmation biases, right, where we, we tend to like and listen to information that just affirms what we already Agrees with us. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So, so depending on ourselves to evaluate risk, we are, we are, we are poor uh, risk assessors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting the experts to help you with that and getting doing some additional research to what other people have done Mm-hmm. to help us to avoid, you know, traps that we know we're going to set for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And there are people whose job is risk assessment yeah. in any way, yeah. shape, or form, whether it's ge- geographical, weather-related, market-related, you know, anything like that. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder, because when we t- talk about cybersecurity and all of that, it's, in my mind, is relatively new-ish. I mean, mm-hmm. we had uh, one of the facilitators from a previous um one of the previous series webinars can't come on and he'd been in, in the industry for 40 years. And he talked about back in the day when it was the DOS system and all of sure. this other all stuff. All he had, all he needed was a locked door. Exactly. Where his computer right. Was. right. <laughs> um, but I wonder like be, with, with that and cybersecurity and people getting um, the more advancement in technology and all of that, are these types of insurance vehicles new as well? Like there's a whole new kind of cybersecurity insurance vehicle um, where it didn't used to exist before or am I misspeaking? No, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, Some of these, some of these risks didn't exist, but you know, um, before the last two years, how, you know, today I I could pick up Sargasso's app and I can order food from anywhere on the island. Right. To my reasonable time. Um, That wasn't available three years ago. No, it wasn't. So so as, as, as technology has advanced, the risk has come along with it Mm -hmm. for the ride. Right. Um, so that's the reason why we're seeing a proliferation in both. And it's, it's a beautiful thing that the Internet makes so much things like available to us. Um, I can call a taxi on an app from Bermuda. And even though I was able to do that from New York for years, I'm a, I have a dream that I'll be able to do it, do it here for a long time. Right. Um, so as we as on the front side of the Internet app sort of connected revolution, we get access to goods and services like we never have. Um, the backside of that same coin is that there are risks that come along with it. So mm-hmm. we just have to take the bad with the good and work on mitigating the bad. So uh, in that 
respect, right? So we're talking about the things that we can do to mitigate it. What happens if our mitigation techniques did not work and we are the victims of some sort of privacy breach or security breach? Um, what what does the business owner have? What recourse do they have? Um, I'm gonna. I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start a song. Let me tell you if you could tell me if you could finish it off. Okay. okay. <laughs> start like this. There's something strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? Gonna call. <laughs> Ghostbusters, <laughs> baby. <laughs> right? So uh, a big part of what we need to do is, and you know, the idea of the whole Ghostbusters thing is that if a ghost comes, we're not expecting you to have the expertise to to deal with that situation. You right. have to call an expert. Um, you know, if, if I, I used to give this example, like in my personal home, you know, I'm like the security officer for my home, I'd say, with my family here. Um, if, we come, if we come from out of the house and we come back home and, we, and I, I realize that a window's been broken, someone's been in the house, um, my job is to do things like make sure nobody's there, Call the secure, um, call the authorities, things like that. Mm-hmm. What you don't expect me to start doing is dusting for fingerprints <laughs> and taking casts of the of the footprints of the of the criminal that stepped in my right, home. Right. Those are things for the experts, right? So we need to have a good understanding of what is it reasonable for me to know how to do, and what what numbers do I have at the ready to call the experts to do what they need to do. Um, sometimes it's even difficult for customers to realize companies to realize that they have been breached because yeah. Um, Companies, um, attackers don't, different from like with a house, um, attackers don't, don't attack your company system and just break everything the minute they arrive. What right. they like to do is just sit and wait and see and observe what's happening mm. <laughs> and see if they can gain greater access into more and more sensitive information. Um, so sometimes there are little telltale systems where people say, oh, I, I, can't, I can't access this file that I used to always have access to or my computer's running a little bit more slowly than normal. There are these indicators of compromise that you have to learn. Right. Even though Something it's suspicious is going on. Yeah. What's happening? What was that? I missed that. No, no. Um, Shelly was just saying something suspicious is afoot, right? Yeah. Something's right, going right, on. Right. Yeah. And sometimes people would would not think to themselves that this might be an indicator that something something odd or someone is in my system. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got to check out. Maybe if you could explain what a couple like that would be something... You know, you hear all sorts of terminology like what it is. It's it's a bug. It's a worm. It's a Trojan horse. It's a it's a what is it when 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 people are doing just that? They've parked something there, and they're just gathering stuff slowly. Some of the terminology might be helpful to folks who who don't have a clue what sure. might be happening. Um, you know, I guess I guess I guess the overarching type of software we're talking about is malware. Right? Malware, yep. Mm-hmm. It's software designed to do something bad. Uh-huh. Um, and it depends and what the bad thing is that the software is designed to do it could be several different things. Um, it could be that it's designed to encrypt your whole system and then give the attack an opportunity to hold you ransom. Hold you hostage, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, malware that does that is just known as ransomware. Gotcha. And that's what we've heard about um, proliferating for the last several years. It's been hugely successful oh. against both small businesses and extremely large ones. Yeah. So in terms of uh, a crime where you can commit it while sitting at home and if you get caught, um, you basically just get kicked out of the system and you can go back downstairs and have dinner with your family and, you know, just go on with your life. It's been very, very, very effective. Um, So between ransomware, malware, 
those those are the main things you're looking for. And malware does all types of other things as well. So malware that sits in your system and calls back to another system and allows the system to take control. Um, they call that they call that command and control kind uh-huh. of malware. Uh-huh. Um, that type of thing comes as well. Gotcha. We're starting to get some sophistication, right? And yeah. If we're, and if it's going to be our work, um, a work fried chicken, <laughs> an attacker probably doesn't have the resources or time to spend, you know, in that particular establishment. Gotcha. Um, for our little chicken joint, but they will do that for like a slightly larger company where there's um, potentially more reward if they are patient. Yeah, and I think it's it's good to know because we see it all the time. Like we come across emails and, you know, things they're asking you to click and verify your passwords and all of that. And you would think with all of the different things we hear in the media mm-hmm. about these things happening to that other no people, then no one would fall for it again. But the but the the um perpetrators are getting much more, more sophisticated. sophisticated. And you know, before it said if you look at the email and it doesn't it, it it's not the same as a company, that's one tell tell sign Mm -hmm. but sometimes you cannot even tell you really can't tell so is it what to do if you see something you're not sure and and but you're suspicious what it what is the right process to go through right don't click on it we know that (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't click that's a good process sometimes that might save you some work oh i thought that was malware i didn't Right. And if but, it isn't, um, somebody will hit you back. <laughs> I'd be like, why you didn't answer my thing? Right. <laughs> so you're safe. <laughs> Sometimes that's it, right? Uh-huh. Um, most systems now give employees an, an opportunity to report something that looks off. Okay. Um, there's like a button you can click on most people's email systems to say, hey, um, this email looks a little strange. And what the system can do then is pull that email from every inbox at once. Oh, that's pretty ensure cool. That, to ensure that no one else um, clicks on that, mm-hmm. that particular thing. Um, but, but what you're touching on is that one of the most important things you have to do is train your employees and security principles. Yes. Um, and how to train them on how to uh, identify uh, a phishing email is going to be, you know, number one priority for any business who has any employees whatsoever. Um, that's your number one line of defense. And if you build, um, if you build like a super secure system, but one of your employees is just going to open the door anyway. Walk, it do- right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, that undoes all the work that you did. So right, you to, right. You have to train your employees and, and, and also um, have smart systems that can sort of do some of the legwork of identifying weird or um, phishing type emails even before they get to employees. And that's so where that's you buy that, that extra security software and sure. things like that to ensure that you have at least some protocols or, or um, protection in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And if you have sort of like, like a cloud provider who who is providing an email service for a thousand businesses and you have, you have 10 of those businesses have identified a certain email from a certain website um, as being fraudulent. They can help you with your company. Right. Because now your provider is aware and can act on your behalf. Yeah. The collective so is are, definitely beneficial. Outsource as well mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to do everything internally. I mean, I think it's good advice. It's in the first instance, like you said, just get your staff or your employees involved in this whole process because what what looks stranger fishy to you or me may not look stranger fishy and they'd be like well because i've gotten emails um that said they were for my boss mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i need you to do this urgently blah 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 and you know in typical fashion we're like oh the boss asked for it so let me do it but then you mm-hmm. do some further investigation and you realize it came from somewhere dot au or dot you know exactly it, you right. know what i mean yeah. mm-hmm. right so i That's think nice. yeah. uh, 
with regard to those opportunities, so in terms of who should be attending this webinar, mm. would you say that that's the kind of information that'll be shared uh, next week? And should employees as well as employers sure. be attending the webinar? Have everybody come and find out at the same time. Yeah, I, I think if employees want to be there, um, to be, you know, I, I think the types of things you talk about in these things are, are valuable for general knowledge and for general uh, mm, okay. application. Good to know. But obviously the business leaders who are going to be doing the work of assessing privacy risk and the impacts of um, security risk, they definitely need to be there. Right. Mm, right. And I, just so people know, um, the, the webinar is going to be held next week, Wednesday. And it starts at 1230. It is free. You can go online and register at BEDC.BM. And like I said, it is a part of a series. So we've done several of these already. And it's kind of building on those principles. And we're beating it into you. So Mm. hopefully, (laughs) after all of this, you have a clear sense of the importance of, of having, you know, security measures in place to protect your client's privacy, Mm -hmm. as well as the data that you hold um, that could, you know, if it's in the wrong hands, could jeopardize your whole establishment. So um, Mm -hmm. I just want to thank you, uh, Noel, for coming on. I'm I'm, I'm excited about it. Very intrigued about it. It's very, very interesting Mm -hmm. how you explain things. um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be really interesting uh, next week. So I'm looking forward to, to people registering. If you haven't, like I said, go on to the website at bdc.bm to register. Any last things you want to share with our listeners to encourage them to sign up? Uh, no, I think we had a good conversation, Shadi sure. and Camila. It's a pleasure talking to you. It's always a good time. <laughs> interacting with uh, whomever, whomever shows up. All it, right. I just want to put it out there for anyone who has, might have a conflict and can't attend at the time. They can register and then receive it. Record uh, it. Sort yep. of post uh, post uh, production and yep. that's what what some people do because they're like oh i have another meeting i'm like we'll still register because sure. everyone who registers will receive a link to the recording uh-huh. the information is still valuable sure um and i definitely we would encourage you to take advantage of it while it is free like yep. you're you know this this um no has has this big company that he supports so certainly um, and you're on the governance board for for the whole country. So take advantage of him and his knowledge and expertise. Ask the questions that you may not get to ask otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely do go on and register. It's no cost to you. But the information that you will receive is invaluable. Is invaluable. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, no, thank you so much again. Yeah, thank you, ladies. Have a wonderful afternoon. You take too. Care. Keep you up too. the good work, my friend. <laughs> you make Bermuda <laughs> proud. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank so you much. So much. <laughs> All right. Um, can't say we didn't know because we just told them all we about just it. told them. Right? right? Yes. You know, for sure. Thanks again, Noel, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And folks, make sure you join us again next week to mind your business because if you don't, who will? Thank you for listening to Mind Your Business with BEDC. Bermuda business starts here.